A report commissioned by the Northern Territory and Federal Governments has recommended both urgent new alcohol laws as well as extra funding to help tackle the underlying causes of crime in Alice Springs. So on the line to discuss the current situation in Alice Springs is Professor John Boffer, spokesperson for the Alice Springs-based People's Alcohol Action Coalition. So first of all, John, can you tell us about the People's Alcohol Action Coalition? What do they do exactly? Well, look, this is a group that was set up after the late Charlie Perkins way back in 1995 in October called a public meeting under what were then the sales in the middle of the mall in Alice Springs on the issue of alcohol. And at that public meeting, he said very clearly, we've got to turn the tap down dramatically, we've got to reduce supply. And he even asked for the Todd Tavern to be shut down. He was wanting to, to really go to another level in terms of supply reduction. So from that meeting, a group was set up. It was originally called the People's Alcohol Action Group, and, it was a, and then it became the People's Alcohol Action Coalition. And it's a coalition of um, community or public health organisations, health professionals, church groups, Aboriginal organisations, and it's been in existence ever since. And really, we've been lobbying to address, um, primarily to address alcohol, both in all its dimensions, not just supply reduction, but demand reduction, supply reduction and harm minimisation. So, mate, is it a prohibitionist group? No, no, it's definitely not a prohibitionist group. We're interested in regulating alcohol supply, not banning it, and we've never supported um, prohibition policies. I mean, people who want to try and do the group damage, try and pretend we're prohibitionists, we never have been. We've promoted the minimum unit price or floor price and a whole range of supply reduction measures that reduce harmful products, reduce takeaway trading hours, but never um, um, anything suggesting prohibition or banning of alcohol. Because, mate, a lot of people think what's happening in Alice Springs is something new, but it's been going on for a long, long time, as you say, back in 1970. Oh, look, yeah, look, I've been involved up here since 1988, and... Supply reduction measures came into Tennant Creek in 1995 and that was removing four and five litre casts, so the cheap bulk wine as it was then. And, you know, since then we've seen a range of different restrictions, both reducing takeaway trading hours, reducing products, um, increasing the price, the banned drinkers register. There's, you know, alcohol is a potentially harmful drug addiction and, and there's always a regulatory system around alcohol. It's a question of the balance between the individual free choice to consume versus the government responsibility to regulate the product. And it's a matter of getting the balance right. Yeah, how much has been the current problem has been created by removing all the restrictions that were there? Or was it not handled properly in implementation and taking it off? Well, when you had an effective measure in place for 15 years, well, it wasn't effective for the first period. It became effective once the police went on to the outlets, which happened in 2013. So for the first six years, banning alcohol where they did made no impact because it didn't affect supply. But once police went on the outlets in 2013 and started to ask people where they were living and wouldn't let them purchase takeaway alcohol if people are living on alcohol-prohibited land, it then became a very effective alcohol supply reduction measure. So that had been in place for, you know, nine years. To suddenly withdraw that, without adequate, um, without the need for an active decision from the areas affected. So the default was it was withdrawn and then 
government were going to talk to people yeah. about do you want to bring it back or not. But it was withdrawn overnight. What and get... so yeah, go on. And that has caused a, a very significant upsurge in harms. Now there are a lot of issues before this happened and but in terms of where we are now with the near crisis level concern, um, it, it is it has been precipitated by the cessation of those stronger futures yeah. alcohol laws. What, what really gets me, mate, what gets me really angry is you've got big corporations making lots and lots of money out of flogging booze in the Northern Territory, and they never, never get targeted and yet the poor buggers drinking it are the ones that are causing the, the horror. How come the very people creating the problem are not seen as the problem as well? Well, look, I think um, it's, it's interesting. Those corporations and businesses operate within a legal framework set by government. So I don't really, you know, they are can be part of the problem and they can push the boundaries. And they're being dealt with up here now. Like we've seen closures for 48 hours of some of the major outlets for breaching conditions of licence. We've now got two takeaway three days a week, which is a significant, you know, restricted trading hours to four hours a day. So that's really impacting on, on businesses and their ability to make profit. But, you know, there are many good publicans and, and people that run run these sorts of businesses and they, and they do operate within a legal framework, which is why it's up to government to set a regulatory system in which these businesses operate and don't expect that an industry that's totally, you know, unashamedly trying to make a profit out of selling alcohol is going to self-regulate. I mean, this idea that the business community, the alcohol business or industry will self-regulate is fanciful. It's never worked in the past. So we need decisive action. But government in the Northern Territory have been taking decisive action, like they've introduced the minimum unit price. That's not something that the alcohol industry wanted. They've introduced the banned drinkers register and other measures which reduce trading hours. So they are prepared to intervene. So um, are these measures you're talking about, are they having an impact? Look, they're having an impact, absolutely. But what we have is a very special situation here in Alice Springs. Um, and to, to get that clear, if you look at 2020 data, the national um, alcohol attributable hospitalisation rate was 500 per 100,000 people. For Aboriginal people here in the town of Alice Springs, it's 11,000 per 100,000 people. So it's 20 times higher. So when you look at mainstream or national measures or even territory-wide measures that impact on alcohol, like a minimum unit price, like um, the banned drinkers register um, and other measures, restricted trading hours, we've got such a unique problem here we need more than that which is why what we had was called a special measure yeah. and it's why you know leading aboriginal organizations and leaders and many other groups in the territory think we still need that and you know we don't need that we don't want to be in a situation where we've got to have those sorts of special measures forever in the day which is why in addition to that we really need government to yeah. address the underlying what, social what determinants. I, what i hear you saying is there's no quick quick fix for this problem now there's no quick fix but you know reducing the supply of alcohol gives an immediate benefit gives us a bit more time and breathing space it's a circuit breaker but while that happens we've got to address the underlying determinants the demand for alcohol and that means doing something about early childhood we're doing more than we're doing now to address early childhood development you know early childhood trauma education educational outcomes employment you know we've got to lift 
this area out of poverty, and poverty hasn't shifted here for a very long time. So when you've got those sorts of things happening and alcohol suddenly sort of back, um, the taps turned back on, we do have a very susceptible population um, to alcohol dependence and unregulated, um, if you like, um, unregulated alcohol consumption. And, and that's we've got to get out of this situation yeah. by addressing not just alcohol, but the underlying social determinants of the demand for alcohol. Now, the and federal that, government, they've received a highly anticipated report on alcohol restrictions and ongoing rest in Alice Springs, but its contents are yet to be made public. Have you got any idea what might be in it? Look, we've only heard what the media suggested and, and it has been suggested that that report is going to recommend um, a continuation of the previous Stronger Futures measures. That would be welcome with an opt-out system. So people do get to make a choice, but you know, a properly informed choice once there's alcohol management plans in place, those sorts of things. Um, and look, apart from that, we, we really don't know what else is in that report in terms of yeah. other services, other programs and other action that needs to be taken. So give it to me straight, mate. What do you reckon should be done in the best interests of all people living in Alice Springs? What do you reckon they should do? Well, look, I think the f first thing first, I think we do need to bring back the former Stronger Futures alcohol provisions with an opt-out system. That would give us an, an immediate ongoing benefit beyond the three months where we've got the emergency alcohol restrictions. Then I think it's a matter of, if you like, collaborative needs-based planning, using the closing the gap structures that have been set up where Aboriginal leaders sit down with both levels of government, the Commonwealth government and the NT government, and, and seriously plan with the necessary resources to address the social determinants of the situation we're in. That yeah. means we've got to get early childhood development right. We've yep. got to have preschool teachers in yep. remote communities. We've got to have two years of preschool. Yep. We've got to have other programs. We've got to housing. education. Housing. There is significant investment already in housing. The problem is, you know, we've heard in the last few days, it's not being spent. So yep. we've got to spend that, get houses on the ground, built with the money that's there. There might need to be, well, will need to be more money in housing. But, you know, we've got a crisis in the education system. We've got to move from funding based on attendance to funding based on population. That's going to require a lot more funding. And if you don't fund based on population, the schools don't have the resources and capacity to work with the children who aren't coming. And when you've got attendance, you know, hitting 30% or less, if that's what you're funding on, then there's a lot of children who aren't being funded to get to school. And that's a big issue as well. So... This requires a, an ongoing planning discussion, um, you know, at the highest level, using the closing the gap structures between Aboriginal organisations and Aboriginal leaders from those organisations and both levels of government. And then it's going to require a very significant investment strategy to back up what are the most evidence-based effective programs, services that are going to get us beyond the need for alcohol restrictions. Professor John Boffer, spokesperson for the Alice Springs-based People's Alcohol Action Coalition, thanks for talking to us tonight.